Hello everyone, welcome to the Career Lounge with Javil. I'm your host, Javil. Communication is a very huge thing and we always heard about it so many times. I think especially for new managers or even seasoned managers, you still find some problems in trying to communicate effectively and with presence and with confidence. So today, I just have the right help for you. And I'm happy to have Samantha with me. Hi, Samantha. Hi, Javil. Thanks for having me here. Hi, everyone. Yeah, so Samantha is prides herself as a career futurist. She has been doing career coaching for so long and, and she just introduced this project, Jobless. Samantha, just walk us through a little bit about yourself and what brought you to where you are right now. Hi everyone, I'm Samantha. I help working professionals to achieve their career goals by equipping them with up-to-date career trends and relevant career soft skills. So I'm currently spearheading an initiative like what Javier was mentioning just now was called Project Jobless, called Becoming Irreplaceable Program with the mission to impact a million lives. So aim to equip workers with strategies, framework to stay relevant and competitive as we accelerate into Industry Revolution 4.0. So up to this current moment, I would say that I've worked with over more than 2,000 professionals across the region, not just in Singapore, but Malaysia, Indonesia, Vietnam, Hong Kong, as well as China. If there's one thing that you need to know about me is I really believe that education transforms lives. So this is something that I believed when I was very young because of my background and the things that I have been through when I was much younger. So I always believe that education gave me an opportunity to do what I want to do. It gives me option. All right. So I have always known that I want to be in the education space. My education space is really broad, right? So I started off as a management trainee. They rotate you around different departments and let you have a taste of what is it like working in different departments. So I start to find that my interests and maybe my strength are in training and development, business and sales. So subsequently, I went into academic coaching. I went into uh, executive coaching. So I actually invested a lot in myself to pick up a lot of soft skills, things like negotiation, communication, sales. So that's why I picked all these things up. And slowly, over the course of me engaging myself, I got more and more clarity. And that's how I ended up in the adult training space. And that's where I am right now. I Hmm. love that people who are in this space of coaching really do a lot of impactful work in these days. And maybe you can help us understand about this becoming irreplaceable program. You briefly mentioned about its mission to impact 1 million lives. What really goes into Especially during COVID, we have the entire world, every government around every other country has been asking their citizens to upskill, reskill, and new skill. It's nothing new. It's something that we hear until uh, don't feel like hearing it anymore. But I think when I was doing uh, career coaching during the COVID season, of course, there was a spark of clients that came to me because of the landscape. A lot of people were being let go. I, I realized that there was a huge understanding or, or awareness. A lot of people are just rushing into upskilling and reskilling, not understanding whether this is something for them. All right. So if I have always been a marketing person all my life, and then yes, data science is the hottest thing now in the market. Should I rush into data science? Was there's this thing called FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. So a lot of people were afraid that they were missing out things and they were just rushing into upskilling and reskilling. And in the context of career-wise, it is bad because after you complete the course, you realize that it's not for you. And then it's, you, you are back to ground zero. And what makes it worse is because your career gap, your, your not work, working period is even longer. So when you are out of job for even a longer time, you are not so seen as marketable or competitive anymore in such a competitive landscape. So I realized that was a huge gap. A lot of people were just rushing to 
attend courses. A lot of training providers was just plainly selling courses. And as a career coach, actually, I was quite angry. In fact, a lot of clients who come to me, should I upskill? The first few things that I set them down was before we upskill, you have to know yourself, you have to position yourself, then you can write on the trends and then you can become irreplaceable and then your career will become more sustainable and there's some longevity in it. So that was how Project Jobless came about and that's how becoming irreplaceable come about. So if you are talking about what it goes into this program, I think that is uh, three main aspects. Number one is personal clarity. So when I talk about personal clarity, it's not just understanding what is your favorite food, water, color, whatever, but really go deep down into your strength, your career values, career interests. And that's the first big part. The second big part is you need to understand what the world is going through, what is happening in the world right now. So a lot of people fall in love with themselves, forgetting that they need to provide what the world needs. Otherwise, they are also not relevant. Yeah, so understanding what is happening in the world, what is happening in the landscape is important. So a lot of market clarity goes into this uh, program. And then lastly, yourself in the world, then that's where you can position yourself for success. So I, I call my Becoming Irreplaceable program Module Zero. It's a module that everybody should do before they consider you know, investing money and time into upskilling into a technical skill. Cool. So we're going to share the, the link and information in the show notes and you, know, you can directly get in touch with Samantha on this program. So let's go straight into the, the topic today, which is about communication. And um, mm. to, to all the audience, you know, why this came about was because I was reaching out to Samantha and we were trying to like design, you know, what are some of the pain points that new managers or leaders or even seasoned management people tend to face. And Samantha said, it's about communication. So I'm curious, Samantha, why, why did you think that communication is one of the biggest challenges faced by a lot of the, the managers? So in the first time in history, we are having five different generations working together. So you have the baby boomers, you have Gen X, Gen Y, which is also known as millenniums, and we also have the Gen Z. So that's one aspect. We have five different generations working together. The second aspect of things is that with the advancement of technology, we become very close globally. So we not only work with people who are based in our country, we get to interact with people who are overseas. So there is a lot of cross-cultural exchange here. So on many aspects, right, if you look at it, it's a good thing because workforce is very vibrant, it's very dynamic, and there's so much exchange of knowledge, information accumulated by, by each generation. Right? And now you can really literally share. Yeah, you no, no longer have to read history books anymore. You really literally get to share with each other. And so there's a lot of diversity. But on the other hand, of course, because there's so much diversity that every generation, every culture is so different. So communication becomes really tricky here. So you not only have to learn to communicate with your peers, you have to learn to uh, communicate with uh, people across generation, across border. If you look at recent reports, just recent two years report, be it by LinkedIn or World Economic Forum, McKenzie, whatsoever, one of the top high demand skills when it comes to soft skills is communication. So for those of you who are seeking for jobs, right, or even in the JD, right, they talk about stakeholder management, client management, leadership, active listening, emotional intelligence. You realize that if you possess this, right, it means to say you are a good communicator. So they are looking for someone who is a good and effective communicator. So that's why when you mentioned what should we talk about, I think communication is a huge, maybe a few reasons why most of us find communication one of the hardest skills to pick up. To be honest, number one, probably we weren't taught in school, right? Yeah, it's a lot of technical training back in school. So that's why we weren't taught formally, all right? And before that, 
uh, I just want to bring this across to everyone who is listening right now. I just want to let you all know that communication is not about how good someone can talk. Okay, so there is no such thing as extrovert is a better communicator than introvert. Okay, there is also no such thing as I, I need to be very salesy to be a good communicator. There's no such thing. I believe that communication is a nurtured skill. So that being said, right, even myself here, even though today you talk about communication, I am also like learning every day because I need to work with different stakeholders. Yeah, I mean, that that's totally so relevant in this context because I think with COVID, it just accelerates this whole work without borders, right? That right now you can see that you have colleagues from all over the world and then you are spending more time online and interacting and stuff like that. And, and so therefore, the, the ability to communicate effectively considering cultural context, social context, how not to be very passive-aggressive but at the same time, you still get your points across. I think that is a very important skill to have because if you don't do it, it can, it can go south, it can work against you in that sense. Maybe just help us then understand what are some of the effective strategies that uh, a manager can deploy or execute to the respective audience. So we, we divided into three groups. So first, we're going to talk mm. about staff. And then second, we're going to talk about your own bosses. Then third group, we'll talk about maybe external stakeholders like customers. So let's start with staff, right? Your own staff, your own team. Mm -hmm. What do managers and leaders need to look out for or what can they do to make sure that they're effectively communicating? So uh, before I jump into the strategy, then perhaps we can start to also understand a little bit, uh, a few reasons why people are not communicating effectively. Number one, they do not understand the hidden language. So be it a body language or in terms of cultural, sometimes uh, they may not be very, like if let's say, for example, they tend to say that if let's say you work with Westerners, they tend to be a little bit more open in their communication. But if let's say your culture that is slightly more conservative, they may not be so upfront with their requests. So one of the reasons why managers are not able to be good communicators is they fail to understand those hidden messages. Yeah. They fail to read body languages. They fail to understand, not knowing know how to read in between the lines. But this one really needs experience and you need to be very street smart. This is something that uh, takes a longer time. But moving on to the second reason why people may not be a good communicator is because most of us always communicate in the way we prefer to be communicated with. Meaning to say, if today I like to, if today I like to uh, speak in language A, I always use my language A method to talk to people. But my receiver could receive the message better if let's say you speak in language B, for example. Okay, so the choices, your method of communicating, your choices of words does matter. So a lot of times, like when manager talk to their team, they may tend to have a top-down approach maybe. They may just, okay, this is what I need to go and do it. Okay, but the thing is, that may not be how someone else receive the message and that may not be how they like to receive the information. Yeah, so that is the second reason why communication always fails. We always communicate in the way that we prefer, not in the way that someone else can receive the message. So the third reason why communication is weak is because we fail to connect the dots for other parties. Meaning to say, right, we just say a task. And then I expect you to understand why you need to do the task. When you are working with younger generation, right, they need to understand why you want me to do that. It's no longer I just ask, you ask me to do it and I will do it. I think that that culture has shifted a little bit. The way we, we are being brought up were different. So if you want to create buy-in, you want to convince your team to embark on a certain project, you have to get them to buy into your vision and mission. And then you need to connect the dots for them, telling them that why 
this is important for them. It will also help them in their promotion, help them in their appraisal, help them in whatever, right? You let, you connect the dots for them. They'll be like, oh, that's the reason why I'm doing this. So that's the gap. A lot, a lot of managers, they tend to just leave it. You know, open communication means I tell you and you go and do it. And then you are not happy. You tell me shit in my face, I'm not happy. So open communication is not just that. It's not just like saying whatever you want. Yeah. So that's yeah. why a lot of people misunderstood. Yeah, I clearly love the point about giving the context, giving the why. I think Simon Sidnett talks about a lot about that, right? Which is the why. Mm. And for yeah. me, I, I realized that um, when managers do not explain the why to their mm. staff or their team, what mm. happened is that you are not helping your teammates or your subordinates to learn how to problem solve if they were to face the same situation next time. So they always come back to you because they have been conditioned to, oh, uh, Samantha will tell me, Javel will tell me, so I just do it. But the thing is, yeah. um, when I started to give context to my HR team or even my interns, I said, okay, mm. if in this situation, you face the same situation again, these are what mm. I, will, I will consider and this mm. is what are different options. And once I start teaching them that, I realized that I saved myself a lot of time because when they face the problem on the ground, then they'll be like, mm. oh, Javier taught me this. This is how I'm going to think through and, mm. and, and then decide or propose what mm. are some of the solutions. So helping them to understand the why help to save managers a lot of time because you don't have always the time to go and save everyone in the team. Samantha, mm. would you agree with that? Yeah. No, I think you are absolutely spot on. I think spending a little bit more time upfront explaining the big picture and then sharing with them certain thought process and certain uh, framework why will allow them to work even better because they know this is the framework I need to work with. All right? They know certain boundary. They know, know what is your thought process. Yeah, definitely. Young managers or seasoned managers will definitely have a higher up. They have a director, they have an assistant director, they have deputy director, they have CFO, CEO to report to. And those are even trickier because managers are stuck in the middle. So what are some of the things that managers need to be mindful of when they talk to their higher ups? Yeah. So the first thing is you need to know your audience. So you need to recognize that you're talking to someone that you're reporting to, be it your boss, your supervisor, your director, the CEO, whatsoever, so long as their rank is higher than you. You need to acknowledge and recognize that they are at a position higher than you. And sometimes in order to help you, you need to help them. So this is something that a lot of young managers cannot take it because we, we still got some pride and ego there, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I always, I always share this. I say that it is our responsibility as a communicator to make sure that the other party understand us. Yeah, so if they don't understand us, it is our fault. So we need to find other ways to make them understand us. And when you are talking to your superior, you need to solve their problems in order to help yourself. <laughs> Let's say you want to you know, create certain buy-in, have effective communication. You need to put that up front first. Okay, how are you helping them to solve their problem before you continue on with the rest of the conversation? So in terms of how you structure your conversation is very important because if let's say, assuming your manager is a very busy person, okay, they don't have time to listen, wait for you to be around the bruise. So you probably want to be a little bit more upfront. You can go something like, uh, Javier, I, I like to have a talk with you. Just five minutes of your time will do. With regards to the proposal that we were talking about the other time, I have already found relevant solution that will actually help you help us meet our targets. So there's three different solutions and this is A, B, and C. 
would you have time for me to go through it? Or would you like me to just share with you that my recommended version? What is happening in the conversation is to solve a problem, is to hit certain targets. You are capturing his attention. Yeah, then go through that. Yeah, so, so that is the thing when you are talking to your supervisor or someone higher up, you need to know what, you need to solve their problem in order to help yourself. That is always something that I, I will recommend all my <laughs> managers to be aware of. But it takes a lot because it, it requires you to take maybe one or two steps backwards in order for you to move forward. So the, the part about moving backwards is a lot of, maybe you need to not be so hard on about your ideology at that point in time. Effective communication is not about I win or you win. It's about, okay, sometimes I need to take two steps forward two step backwards in order to take three steps forward are you able to do that right yeah yeah uh samantha so, so do you have a personal story maybe there was a communication crisis that you encountered previously with your higher art or a communication success would you be able to give us a you know a very fun mm. story to do that culture is at the heart of every organization every business transaction and every team besides the c-suite and the hr the managers are a critical component to help ensure a healthy and thriving culture for everyone. They hire, they train, they guide, they coach your employees on a daily basis so they can either make or break your team and the culture. I've worked with many managers and leaders across startups and big organizations and successfully helped them to be more empathetic and human-centric while driving more engagement and ultimately company's performance. So write to me at upwithjaville at gmail.com or visit the website on my show notes to arrange for a free 30-minute consultation. Okay, so I haven't been employed for a long time, so I cannot really say I report to someone, but obviously I have stakeholders that I need to manage. So there's one time that I was uh, introduced to this self-made millionaire. He's a businessman, all right? So over the phone, okay, so he actually do an assessment on me over the phone because I have... I was actually sharing with him about becoming irreplaceable program. I was sharing with him this idea and I was hoping that maybe it can benefit whatever that he's doing and then we can do a partnership together. So I was being introduced to him. The first conversation, the first five minutes, okay, the first five minutes. So Sam, are you married? Do you have kids? What are you doing now? Tell me about your qualification, your experience. Can you send me your resume? <laughs> so it was very... So it was all like short sentences like that in the first conversation. There was no like, hi, uh, I was introduced to you by this, you know. There's no, nothing to cushion, no cushioning. So if let's say at that point in time, I take things very uh, personal, I may be offended at multiple levels, all right? But because I understand communication, I understand his intention of asking me those questions. Okay, so becoming an effective communicator, sometimes you also need to have that perspective that sometimes some people may not be effective communicator, but so long as you understand the intention of why are they asking that question, you don't feel so angry. So you can go through that conversation. So I answered him according to what he asked me and he was impressed. So he invited me down to meet him physically in his office. So I know that this gentleman, he wrote a book. So effective communication really requires you to understand your audience. This I mentioned, right? You need to know your audience. You need to know your bosses. Even you need to know your staff. You need to know your customers and stakeholders. So I know that he wrote a book. So I bought the book and I read the book in less than two days just to understand him as a person. So when I was having my conversation with him during the actual meeting itself, I am able to speak his language. So speaking the language of the other party is very important. So I understand uh, his frame of thought. I understand the way he likes to use 
certain words, certain things that he looked up for. So I was able to speak his language. So he felt that I understood him. Okay, so effective communication is that you really understood him and that's where he opened up more to you so that you can have an even better communication. So I did my homework. And because I also know that it was his birthday because he wrote it in his book. So of course, this is a more of a business setting. So I want to really build that relationship. So it was, I remember it was near Mid-Autumn Festival. So I think very hard. So what, can you tell me what can you get from a successful, financially free gentleman? I will give him a Aladdin's lamb. I'll give him a genie lamb and he can just wish everything from there. <laughs> exactly. That, that's the point, right? There's, there's basically nothing that you can get for this person because he has everything. So I thought very hard and because of the book that I read, I bought him mooncakes. So the mooncakes that I bought for him was, was very healthy. So there was no sugar, nothing. Like. So it was really because I understand that he's also not a very not very young. So he's also taking care of his health. So I got him a mooncake that he can eat. Very important. Like you don't give gifts that someone cannot use. So I uh, give mooncakes that he can eat. I wrote a card. Okay, so I wrote and say that you are a very successful self-made businessman. There's nothing I can give you other than wishing you a very happy reunion time with your family. So hope you guys enjoy the mooncake. And family was his hot button. <laughs> so effective communication, not only you need to understand your audience, not only you have to speak their language, you need to know what makes them trigger. So it's the same when you are working with your staff or working with your customer, working with your boss, what makes them trigger? What is their hot button? What is their pain point? If you can hit that and solve that for them, you basically conquer them already in that sense like, okay but but i think he was very happy so immediately he messaged me in the evening right and invite me for the next meetup to meet up with his um, management team yeah so I, I guess it's really about doing your homework making sure that you are invested in that person's interests or life stories and and then maybe find commonalities that you can you can build on so in this example you talk about is maybe someone like an external stakeholder. Let's write on this and go to the next target audience, which is external stakeholders, right? Because for, for a lot of managers, there are a lot of work is not just done in-house. There are external mm. parties that maybe like, like you mm. say, in startups, right? You have to answer to investors or mm. maybe you're having a marketing campaign and you need to run with some marketing agencies, etc. As a manager, you need mm. to coordinate not just internally, but also externally. Mm. Are there any other things that a manager need to take Note of in terms of communication? Yes, I think two C's. One is called clarity and one is called consistency. So when it talks about clarity, because not all of us are very fluent with our languages, let's put it that way. I'm not very good with my language. So how I overcome my language barrier is that I don't give too much information at one point and I don't give out too many tasks in one message because you need to understand that all of us have very short attention span. Yeah, so if you have too many things in an email, too many things in a message, people will miss out points. So you just, you want to be very clear in every single message that you send out. Uh, that's why I feel managers are lacking. Or maybe because the way we brought up communicating is different. You know how we WhatsApp each other now? One message can be in one message, right? but people just like many different sentences at one go. So then that is, in terms of uh, corporate communication, that is not recommended because you are sending too much info and I, if I am too used to you talking to me like that, I will not you know, take it seriously whenever you send me messages. So your messages will be lost. So when I talk about clarity, it's about being, the message must be clean, must be clear, must be concise, straight to the point. The other thing is consistency. I realize that if let's say manager don't do what they say, 
So of like whatever that speech that you give and whatever actions, right, it's not coherent, uh, you will not be, people will not listen to you. Yeah. So effective communication is not just about talking because sometimes you also know that talk is cheap, right? That's what everybody say. So whatever that you say must be backed up with action. So some managers, they lost is because they don't have the action to back it up. Yeah, so over time, your staff, your whoever that's invested in you, they won't believe in anything you say. So no matter how good you are at talking, because you don't have the right actions to bag, bag it up, you are people will just think, okay, this person is all fluff. Yeah, so I feel that clarity and consistency is very important to become a good, effective communicator. It's also about your credibility here. Thank you, Samantha, for sharing so much. So right now, we're going to go into a little bit of fun thing. It's what mm. I call the quick fire round. So this is mm. where I will ask you anything ranging from personal interest to professional <laughs> thing. And whatever first thing comes to your mind, just say it, right? And uh, if I find mm. it very interesting, okay. I will dig a bit more. Your favorite drink? My favorite drink is Coke. It has to be original. I Okay, so for me, I feel like if you want to have the thing, you must have the original. That's go big or go home. <laughs> 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 yeah, but it's not something that I drink on a okay, uh, frequent basis. But Coke is something that yeah, just miraculously, it can just cheer me up. Your go-to song when you are feeling down? My go-to song? Oh my god. I, can I look at my Spotify? So I'm just going to answer. The last song that was playing on my playlist was Dancing With Your Ghost. Oh, yeah. I think I, I just listened to that yesterday on, on radio. Okay, yeah. okay. Sounds good. The country that you want to fly immediately once all borders are open. If it's for work, I will be flying to China. If it's for leisure, I will want to fly to New Zealand. Uh, why New Zealand? Because I want to do a road trip there. <laughs> ah, nice, nice. The craziest thing you ever done? The craziest thing that I ever done, I crossed the Gobi Desert, which is part of the old Silk Road. It was 108 kilometers on foot for four days, three nights. What? I can't even do Bukit Timah to <laughs> don't know where for four hours and you do it for four days, three nights. Yeah, we clocked a distance from 408 kilometers and I was the only Singaporean, only foreigner in the entire race. You do Singaporean proud, you go. What is that one book that you, you think everybody should read? It's the book that you mentioned just now. If you recall, start with why. The last question, what is the advice you ever received that you think is totally awesome or you think is totally crap and the world needs to know about it? Okay, totally awesome is uh, be all in or all out. Yeah, there's no half effort. Okay, yeah. half effort. All right. I'm also learning that everything I do, I must give it my best or I don't do it at all. Yeah, so like what you also mentioned just now, go big or go home, right? So right. for me, it's all. Then the worst advice that nobody should really, I'm not saying that it's a worst advice, but I don't think anyone should just stick it on the surface. Is this thing called follow your passion. We are, we, I think we just started our podcast right now because that's a, <laughs> I also resonate with that. But yes, please help us understand in the next couple of minutes mm. what, what, what you say. Okay, so I think when, I think follow your passion is a good thing, but we shouldn't just take it on the surface because the thing is not everybody knows their passion from the start. And Actually, clarity only comes when you engage. So when a lot of, so some people, they take it on the surface in the sense that it paralyzes them from doing things. So when I, like, for example, when I coach certain clients, I say we should start working on something. They, they will throw me this thing. I haven't found my passion. I haven't found my interest. So I need to find my passion, then start doing. On the contrary, is if you don't start doing, you will never find it. So some people, when they take this advice, they take it very literally which is not something that I recommend because it paralyzes a lot of people. 
Yeah. And at the same time, I think following your passion, you also have to weigh certain things under at different life phase. Okay, so all of us are at different life phase. Maybe now you're at the life phase whereby you are, your career is at a peak, you know. Yeah, so I think at any point in time, our passion may change a little bit. Our interest may change a little bit. So it is not cast in stone. It's something that we have to constantly reevaluate. So just purely telling someone, oh, follow your passion. You may think that you sound very wise, but I think that is a very irresponsible advice that anybody should give to anyone. Yeah, I think that is like a huge word that you throw to someone and it, it almost mm-hmm. paralyzes it because it's like, if I don't figure this out, I cannot take the... The next yeah, step. Yeah. I recently read this book, which is called The Horse and the Boy and the Fox and the Moor, I think, something like that. And, uh-huh. and I actually shared this on my social media, which is exactly what you talked about. So in the story, the boy and the horse was trying to make their way out through the forest. And the boy was paralyzed because there were a lot of trees. He can't see the way out to the forest. So he uh-huh. told the horse, I'm scared. I, I, I can't see the way out. I, I'm not sure what I should do. I don't, I'm not sure where I should go. Uh-huh. And the horse said, can you see your next step? And the boy said, yes. Then the horse said, just take that. So I agree with you. I I think people just throw the the word passion every now and then. But I agree it's about finding what interests you. The reason why something becomes a passion is because something intrigues you at the the start. Mm. That makes you feel Mm. interested first. And then Mm. later on, you Mm. develop as a passion. And interests can change. And we have multiple interests. Very good story. I, I, I think it's good. Yeah. Yeah, I think we just started the podcast, but unfortunately, no, it's probably another episode um, of itself. But otherwise, thank you so much, Amanda, for taking the time to be on the show. Thank you for having me here. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoy it and have learned so much to level up your career and your workplace. I hope you can continue to support my work to impact more people and organizations to level up their leadership, culture, and performance. You can support me by giving reviews or subscribing to this podcast share any memorable episode on your social media with your peers or pledge a little token on Patreon. All the details can be found in the show notes below. I greatly appreciate your support and I'll catch you next time in the Career Lounge.